Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. Metro exists to exalt God and equip people. Here at Metro, we long to become a community that celebrates the presence of God, communicates the Word of God, demonstrates the love of God, and educates the people of God. Everything we do revolves around this core mission and vision. We are so glad you are here today to listen to this week's podcast. It is our prayer that this message encourages you and equips you to be like Christ in all aspects of your life. Enjoy today's message. This morning, I'm going to share with you again, we will be traveling to the book of Genesis, chapter 37 to 50. And uh, my talk this morning, if I give a title, the title will be Of Jacob, Joseph, and Jesus. Of Jacob, Joseph, and Jesus. The last two weeks, we've been listening from this, from this, from this uh, 13, 14 chapters of Genesis through the life of Joseph and the God of his destiny. The God of his destiny. We had a wonderful VBS last week. And the theme of the VBS is also captured here. Monumental. That was a theme. And again, we walked through the life story of Joseph. Whether it was a skit or whether it was a Bible lesson or watch for God, everything was geared towards the storyline of Joseph. So our four years or three years old and to 12 year old, they were also able to once again walk with us through the life story of Joseph. I got, to, got the opportunity to interact with many children. So I would ask them, so what was, the, what was the main theme of our VBS? And most of the time the children would say, Joseph. I was actually in fact asking them what was the theme of each day because each day we had a theme but they all would say with one accord it is Joseph I said thank God at least they remember that part of the story it was all about Joseph you know there are, there are so many things to be thankful to God for for the VBS team tremendous job great job church would you put your hands together for Pastor Linson and all the entire team for the 2022 VBS after the 2019 VBS, which was in person, last two years was digital platform. So after two years of you know, break, we were coming back for an in-person VBS. And by the grace of God, by the grace of God, we had a wonderful four days. Things were a little bit different this time because we had a lot of security measures that we enforced. And in, uh, to some extent, some think that why all the details but the stories that we were listening from our community and from the nation around, it made us think about, you know, this is where Jesus said that you should be wise as serpents, isn't it? That is given to us. We, we must be wise as serpents. And we thank God for those people in our church body who are serving in the police force uh, and those who are serving in the, in the fire department with their input, with streamlining the whole thing. It was a beautiful process. But a couple of things that, that stood out to me. Number one was this, I saw several grandparents or like people, folks in the 70s, close to 80, even 81, 82. I was able to see them with 13 years and 14 years old serving together in many, many stations. That was a great moment for me to think about that, that intergenerational aspect of being a church. Whether they were serving in the kitchen or they were serving elsewhere, just to see that, that they were able to come and be there with, uh, with, with this 13 and 14 years old. That was a great moment to see. 
the other indeed was a young man a young boy young man i would say not a boy young man who is a sophomore in college by the way he's not part of our church but he was a recipient of the blessing of the vbs many years in our church and for me to see him come and be willing to serve for four days the first day i saw him i was really thrilled to see him so i went, i said wow he said pastor i wanted to come and serve in the next four days i was able to see him here every day serving along with our team I started thinking back about him. I went back and saw one of the videos of 2013. In 2013, he was one of the young boys who was sitting in the pews receiving the blessing of VBS. And he doesn't go even to any Pentecostal church. That's the fact. He doesn't go to any Pentecostal church. Just to keep his identity hidden. But he wanted to come and serve the body of Christ. That was tremendous. You know, once you receive something, you want to give it back to the community. So church, I'm, I'm just encouraging you, young people. This year, we, we didn't have any session for 13 to 18. We didn't have any session. So because of that, we were able to see many 13 years old, they were willing to serve in many capacities. So that was good to see. They all graduated from BBS, kind of. And they were all willing to say, we want to serve, whether it be in the food department, whether it be... Some of them I saw even in the food department. Normally that we always reserve for uncles and aunties because they know more how to make the food but this year I was able to see 14 year 13 year old they were willing to serve in the food department they were willing to serve that was such a such a joy and warm for us to see the coming together of intergenerational uh, that that's what the value one of the values that we hold together in the church that generations come together to serve the Lord that's why we say we love to say that our God is a God of the generations amen amen if you believe that, church say an amen as loud as you can. Amen, amen, amen. The last two weeks we were walking through the story, life story of Joseph. I shared with you that God controlled Joseph's life story. God controlled. Whether it was his dreams or whether it was a dungeon, God controlled both of that. And God did everything with a purpose. With a purpose. Stated purpose. God did everything. Last week, Pastor Jeremy walked us through the life of Joseph and he said that many labels were given to Joseph. Some saw him as a dreamer. Some saw he's over ambitious, overachiever. Some saw he's a favorite of fathers, favorite son of the father. Some say that he is a favorite of Potiphar. Some even would have said he's a favorite of Potiphar's wife. These were the labels that people saw. But then the true identity is the identity when Pharaoh saw in you reside the spirit of God in you reside the spirit of God no matter what labels the world gives us church what you and I are called is to understand the label that God gives us in us resides the spirit of God and Pastor Jeremy left us with a searing question a question that that connected to our conscience is the spirit of God in me or not is the spirit of God in me or not? And if the spirit of God is in me, it will change me completely. Isn't it? It will change me completely. It will change my outlook. It will change the way I talk. It will change the way I behave. It will change the way of my perspectives. The spirit of God will change everything in me. Joseph is indeed, of course, a favorite son of the father. Chapter 37 of Genesis reminds us that from there on, Jacob, Joseph was not the only son of Jacob. 
He had 11 more sons and one more daughter. Anybody knows the name of the daughter? Okay. Good. That was a small Bible quiz. You all got it right. Dina. What made him so favorite of his father? So what made him a favorite of his father? What made him favorite was, of course, that he was a firstborn of his favorite wife, Rachel. Probably born around the, when Jacob was about 90 years old. He was 90 years old. So that may be one of the reasons that he's a firstborn of his favorite wife, Rachel. Father's love was again uh, exhibited, demonstrated to him when father gave him an ornamental robe to wear. A robe of many colors. Of course, we know that that robe was stripped off from him by his brothers. Joseph had a problem with robes, isn't it? Joseph had a problem with robes. His brother stripped him off. Then Potiphar's wife stripped him off another robe. But then what? Guess what? He was, then there was a time came in chapter 41 that he was, <laughs> he was covered with a linen clothing. Hallelujah. A royal robe. A royal robe. And think about it. Fast forward. Think about it. This is exactly what happened to Jesus also, isn't it? His, his, his clothes, was, he was stripped off his clothes. They took off the clothes. They parted among, among themselves. But then God clothed him with righteousness. And in turn, he clothes you and me with the same righteousness that he clothed his son with, with power and with strength. Hallelujah. The world may take away what the world has given, but what God gives, no one can take away. Amen. Hallelujah. Joseph was dad's favorite. How do we know he was favorite? In uh, chapter 49, 48, chapter 48, that's what we're going to be looking at. In chapter 48, towards the last verses, you find that jo Jacob gave Joseph a, a piece of land that he had taken by his own strength, by his own strength, a piece of land, a real estate property that Jacob gave to Joseph. He never, never gave to anybody else. He wasn't his dad's favorite. And then come to chapter 49, where he had all the blessings listed out to all the children. Jacob is blessing all of his children. And in that blessing, if you read, if you read, all, most of the majority of the blessings are given to whom? Joseph, you may be blessed from the skies above. You may be blessed by the deep that crouches beneath. You may be blessed by the everlasting hills. He has blessed him with every kind of blessing. You name it. Then you will ask, is there any other blessing remaining for any other children? That was indeed Joseph was dad's favorite, no doubt about it. Church, this morning, I'm taking you through, the, through a journey from Genesis 48. I shared with you two weeks back that Joseph's destiny is a God of his destiny who is both present and future. You know, one of the things that Jacob, Joseph reminded his brothers in chapter 50 is this. Brothers, I know God will visit you. And when God visits you, please let not my bones rot here. You take my bones back with you. Where? To the promised land. Because God is definitely going to come and visit you. Isn't it? Where did he get that from? Where did he get, get that from? He got that from his father, isn't it? What did his father say to him in Genesis 47? That's, that, that, that is the backdrop of the story of 48. In chapter 47, Jacob brings, Joseph comes to visit dad. And he makes him an oath. He says, come here, make an oath with me. He says, when I die, don't bury me here. Take me back to my father's place. Take me back to the sepulcher my dad bought, my grandfather bought, and bury me along with my father's there. No wonder 
Joseph learned from his father. Joseph learned from his father. He makes the same kind of oath to his brothers as well. That when I die, don't bury me here. Take me back from here. What a beautiful picture of a father who is able to instill and impart a valuable truth, a lesson to his son. Can I tell you, church, this morning, dads, you and I can make an impact for our children. The spiritual life lessons that you and I can give to our children is immense. And God is looking and God is calling to dads, to the fathers, not just being father alone, but being the dad. To instill in them spiritual values and truths which we will carry forward to the next generation. To the next generation. Hallelujah. What a beautiful picture is that picture. You know, think about it. Think about it. What, what will this small piece of land that I got from my own hand, I purchased it, I'm giving it to you, Joseph, in 47. Does it hold any value for J Joseph? He is the second in command in Egypt. He probably owns many, much more land in Egypt. What is a small piece of land would do good for Joseph? And he's not going to take possession of it. Not, not him, neither his children, neither his grandchildren are going to take possession of it because they are going to be living in Egypt for 400 long years. But why would Jacob give that promise? Because Jacob knows that one day this promise is going to be fulfilled. That's the father has a greater vision, a grandeur vision of what is going to happen. Hallelujah. A, 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 a big vision. That's exactly what Jacob imparted to his son Joseph. What kind of a legacy are we leaving behind for our children? Bank balances, 401ks, houses, land in India. Is that what we are leaving behind for our children? Is that what the legacy that they're going to count and say, this is my, what my dad left for me? Or rather they would say, my father instilled in me a value. My father instilled in me a passion for his kingdom. My father instilled in me a value for God's kingdom and God's honor and God's glory. I was indeed heartwarming church. To see many, many grandparents coming with their grandchildren to the VBS. I, my heart was really warmed to see that. Not one day, all four days they were here. Some of the grandchildren were one year old and one and a half year old. But they nonetheless made it a point that they are bringing their grandchildren and being here every single day. Why? Why? They want to still make an impact for their grandchildren's life even right now. They want to start it right now. They are going to remember that for a long time, my grandpa, my grandma, they took me to church for a VBS. Can I tell you something? What we write on the hearts of these children, they are not going to forget it soon. We may forget very soon, but they are not going to forget it soon. A couple of things that this morning let me just share with you. Number one, coming to chapter 48, let me... Let's go through chapter 48, verse 1 to 7. I want to read that. The first important truth that we want to learn from this chapter is life. Life is to be lived in the understanding of a tension between promise and pain. Life is a mixture. It's, it's, it's to hold in tension both promise and pain together. 
Listen to what Jacob is saying, verse 48 onwards. After these things, Joseph was told, your father is weakening. So he took his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim with him. When Jacob was told, your son Joseph has just come to you, Israel regained strength and sat up on his bed. Jacob said to Joseph, the sovereign God appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me. He said to me, I am going to make you fruitful and will multiply you. And I will make you into a group of nations. And I will give this land to your descendants as an everlasting possession. Now, as for your two sons who were born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to you in Egypt, they will be mine. Ephraim and Manasseh will be mine just as Reuben and Simeon are. Any children that your father after them will be yours. They will be listed under the names of their brothers in their inheritance. But as for me, when I was returning from Pethan, Rachel died to my sorrow in the land of Canaan. It happened along the way, some distance from Ephrath. So I buried her there on the way to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. You know, when I was reading this, uh, was 48, chapter 48, verse 1, when Joseph heard that his father is weakening, he decided to go and visit his dad. With whom? With his children. And the Holy Spirit just convicted me. And I'm telling you, church, honestly, when your parents, if they are in India, or if they are away from you, you come to know that they are sick, don't hold on to the money value. You get an opportunity, take, go and take your children also with you. Go and visit them. After they are dead, it doesn't matter whether you take them or not. But when they're alive, when they're weak, take them. This year I was, very, I was very happy to see many families in our church. They decided to go and visit some of their elderly parents. Some of them went to see their grandmother, great-grandmother. Some of them went to see their grandfather. I was very thrilled. And some of the families, I, we had to like coach them. We had to literally encourage them. Go and see them. Yes, the tickets are $2,500. Money will come and money will go. You know, it's, we, none of us are masters of the money. Neither it is you know, in our hands to hold for too long. This will come and go. But their lives, we will never be able to spend one more day with them. So I, I encourage some of them, please go and visit them when they're alive. And many of them went this, this summer. We're so thankful to God that they, they were able to go and spend some quality time with them. Look, look, look at this story line from Joseph. When he heard that his father is weakening, he decided to come. He come, not only came by himself, he came with his, both his children. You go back, flashback to some years back. When, when Isaac wanted to bless his children, what did he do? He did it in secret. He told his older son Esau, bring me some game and I will bless you in secret. But not here anymore. Jacob doesn't want to do that. Joseph knows that my father has blessings to give me and he takes his children also with him. Bless me and my children. And he remembers his life. In a flashback, Jacob remembers his life and two incidents come to his mind. One, the blessing or the promise that God made to him when he was nobody, running away from his brother, running away from his father and mother. In Genesis chapter 28, he was running away. He came to a place, hallelujah, and he took a stone to make a pillow and he lied there. But that night, the, the heavens opened up for him and God said, I am the God of your father Abraham and Isaac and I will be with you and I will bless you and I will bring you back and I will make you into a multitude of nations. You shall spread out to the north, to the south, to the east, to the west. You shall spread out. I will cause you to be a blessing to nations. 
the same blessing there was promise that was given to Abraham in Genesis 12 is reiterated to Jacob in chapter 28 of Genesis. Jacob understands one thing. My life is filled with the promise of God. That is one thing. But the other thing is my life is also filled with the painful moments. The painful moment of his wife dying, not able to reach the promised land. On the way, on the way she died. Church, that's indeed actually the life story of all of us. Promise is there on one hand, painful moments are there on the other hand. Ask Joseph, he will say the same thing. When he, when he got the opportunity to put names for his children, he put them as Manashe and Ephraim. And you know the meaning of Manashe and Ephraim. Manashe means the Lord has made me forget the troubles of my life. The troubles of my life. I realize that my life is filled with troubles. I realize that my life is filled with painful moments. But at the same time, he also remembers that Ephraim, every time he calls Ephraim, the Lord is going to make me fruitful in the land, in a foreign land. I remember and I hold on to the promises of God in a foreign land. Painful moments, promises. They are part and parcel of your life and my life. Hallelujah. Both Jacob and Joseph, both Jacob and Joseph have promises and painful moments. You know, look, look to the life of Jesus. Same thing, isn't it? Three times he got reiteration from his heavenly father. You are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And his baptism, heaven opened up and said, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. At the Mount of Transfiguration, heaven opened up and said, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. Just before the crucifixion, heaven opened up and thundered. He's my beloved son. Yet, yet, in the garden of Gethsemane, he cries out, Father, if it be possible, take away this cup from me. It's too painful for me. On the cross of Calvary, he cries out, Eli, Eli, lama shabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jeevitham, vaktathangaldeim, Never forget that life is filled with promise of God. Life is filled with painful moments. But these both must be held in a balance, in a tension for every child of God. And all of us can say, and all of us can say the same thing. Even when Jacob was having his son, when Rachel was about to die, you know what? She was giving birth to a son. She was giving birth to a son. Rachel called in her anguish, in her pain. She called the son Benoni, which means son of my sorrow. But immediately Jacob said, no, he's not the son of sorrow. He's called, which shall be called Benjamin. Hallelujah, son of my right hand. Because I believe that this painful moment also, God can turn it around to a beautiful moment. Hallelujah. That's faith, church. That's faith. That God can take my painful moments. God can take my darkest moment. And he can turn it around to something that is beautiful. That is faith. Amen. Both Jacob and Joseph were united in their faith. Both of them, hallelujah, were born out of hard experiences of life. And both of them believe that God can turn sorrowful experiences into something that is marvelous and beautiful. Listen to Joseph also. He says the same thing. Brothers. Brothers, don't worry. You meant evil towards me, but God turned it for something far greater, far beautiful. Amen? Hallelujah. 
നിങ്ങൾ തിന്മയായി വിചാരിച്ചത് ദൈവം നന്മയ്ക്ക് വേണ്ടി മാറ്റിയില്ലയോ ഹാലലുയ എന്നെ കേൾക്കുന്ന ദൈവത്തിന് മക്കളെ ജീവിതത്തിൽ ഞാനും നിങ്ങൾ ഹമേൻ വേദനയുടെ പ്രയാസങ്ങളായാലും എത്ര ബുദ്ധിമുട്ടിന്റെ ഹമേൻ വിഷയങ്ങളായാലും അതിനെ ദൈവത്തിന് മാറ്റുവാൻ കഴിയുമെന്നുള്ള ഒരു പൂർണ്ണ വിശ്വാസം ഇന്ന് പകൽക്കാലം എനിക്ക് നിങ്ങൾക്കുണ്ടാകട്ടെ This is what you and I need to realize. That God's promises never come with an expiry date. God's promises never come with an expiry date. Also remember this. God's promises always comes with a price tag. God's promises always comes with a price tag. If God's favor is upon you, God's promise is upon you, remember, remember that there will be a price tag to pay. There will be a cost to pay. There will be painful moments that will happen. but god can turn it around what are we going through today morning church bitter disappointments in your life losses financial losses probably because of the stock market decline or there may be relationship disruptions that may have happened people that you loved so much but they are now beyond repair and you think that we cannot talk anymore health challenges the new progress report that came from the doctor's office doesn't look very good how did you lose someone that you held very very dear to yourself and they've been taken into eternal journey i don't know what journey that you and i may be going through what situation life but god, can we believe this morning that my god can turn all that this darkness all that is painful he can turn it for something far greater and far beautiful secondly genesis chapter 48 was eight onwards when you read this is another beautiful truth that we are reminded of in this story life has to be lived in the conviction of god being faithful and god as shepherd redeemer god is faithful and god is shepherd redeemer what do we read in chapter verse 8 onwards when israel saw joseph's sons he asked them who are these joseph said to his father they are the sons god gave to me in this place his father said bring them to me so i may bless them now israel's eyes were failing because of his age he was not able to see well so joseph brought his sons near to them and his father kissed them and embraced them Joseph Jacob said to Joseph I never expected to see you again listen to your father's heart at the age of 130 he came to Egypt he is now almost 147 17 years he lived there in the land along with his son and his grandchildren he saying I never thought that I will see your face again but god has allowed me to even see your seed god has allowed me even to see your offspring നിന്റെ സന്തതിയെ കാണുവാൻ ദൈവം എനിക്ക് അനുവാദം നൽകി പ്രൈസ് ഗാഡ് നിന്റെ കുഞ്ഞുങ്ങളെ കാണുവാൻ ദൈവം എനിക്ക് അനുവാദം നൽകി ഹലലൂയ ഐ വാസ് ഏബിൾ ടു സീ ദ സീഡ് ദാറ്റ് ഗാഡ് ഗേവ് യു ഐ നെവർ തോട്ട് ദാറ്റ് ഐ വിൽ സീ യു അഗൈൻ ബട്ട് ഗാഡ് ഹസ് അലൗഡ് മീ ടു സീ യുവർ ചിൽഡ്രൻ ടു ദെൻ ഹി ഗോസ് ഓൺ ടു ബ്ലസ് ബോത്ത് ഓഫ് ദെം വാസ് 14 ഓൺവേർഡ്സ് Israel stretched out his right hand and placed in Ephraim's head although he was a younger crossing his hands he put his left hand on Manasseh's head for Manasseh was a firstborn then he blessed Joseph and said may the god before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked the god who has made who has been my shepherd all my life long to this day the angel who has protected me the angel who has redeemed me from all harm bless these boys may my name be named in them and may the name of my father abraham and isaac may they grow into a multitude 
on the earth. What a beautiful, what a beautiful prayer of blessing that Jacob utters on these two young boys and also Jacob. You know, when you look at that prayer of Jacob, it is not a mere prayer because think about the numbers that he's talking about. We read about the story in Genesis that about 70 plus people came from Canaan to Egypt. So including take all the family members, there were only 70 plus people. But Jacob's prayer is not dwelling on the 70. He's, when he's praying for these children, he's seeing ahead of time and he's saying, God is going to bless you with multitude, with nations coming out of you. You are going to become a multitude of nations. Can I tell you, church, some of the prayers that you and I have uttered, we may not see the fulfillment of those prayers in our lifetime, but can you still pray that prayer? Abraham never saw the fulfillment of his dream, of his, of his promise. Isaac never saw the fulfillment of his promise. Jacob never saw the fulfillment of his promise. Nonetheless, they all believe, they all believe that God will indeed bring his children back and they are going to become a multitude of nations. Today you may see it is insignificant, 70 only, but God is going to turn. By the time you come to the book of Exodus, you read the story and the people of Israel, they kept on increasing, they kept on increasing, they kept on increasing. Then a new Pharaoh came and he said, what shall we do to these people? It's okay church. It's okay to pray bold prayers. It is okay to pray such prayers of blessing. We may not see the promise, hallelujah. We may still be awaiting the promise and we may die. But can I tell you this morning that the promise awaits its fulfillment and God will bring it to pass because he is a faithful God. God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac and God who has been my God. He's a faithful God. He's a God of generations. This morning, Pastor Linson just mentioned Joshua 24, 15. As for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Ask Paul, he would say to the jailer in Acts chapter 16, you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved and your family shall be saved. Many of us may have started off as single individual from our families, but then God brought our families. My dad prayed. When he was coming to the Lord, when somebody gave him the Bible, he started reading the Bible. He was all alone, solitary man. But his one prayer was, Lord, not just me alone, but my family should also come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When we all came together, his life was filled with joy. When I was preparing his message, I prayed for a young lady by name Arpita. Some of you know her. She has been praying for her husband, Vishwas. This VBS, she wanted to bring her son, Amaya, for the VBS, but Vishwas would not let him go. Arpita came to the Lord by herself from a Hindu family. But I know her, and I was preparing, Lord, I said, I pray for Arpita, and I pray for that family, because she has a desire that Vishwas and the children should also come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And Lord, you have promised that if you be saved, your family will also be saved. Lord, if that is a promise, Lord, I pray right now for that family, Lord, that Vishwas and the children will also come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. 
that be possible church it is possible it is possible because jacob has a strong conviction in a god who is a god of my fathers my father abraham and my father father isaac and he's my god joseph he will be your god he will be the god of ephraim and manashe who is his god he is not only faithful but he is my shepherd he is shepherd he is my redeemer in other words this is what jacob is saying this god who has been my shepherd evil has come in my life you know remember in chapter 40 uh, and 47 when he came to see pharaoh actually 46 when he came to uh, pharaoh pharaoh asked him how long have been your life he said 130 years and my days are filled with evil he realizes that life is full of evil he was deceived many times joseph can also say the same thing i was deceived many times but one thing he realizes is god is still my redeemer he redeems all of my evils ende sagala thinmagalayum ende deivam veendadikkana deivamaagunu all my evils will be redeemed by my god all my evils will be redeemed by god in psalm the psalm says many are the afflictions of the righteous isn't it many are the afflictions of the righteous but the lord delivers them how many righteous here who would say lord i have many afflictions in my life body afflictions emotional afflictions spiritual afflictions relationship afflictions financial afflictions we go through but the god will redeem us all from out of all amen hallelujah neediman anarthangala sangyamengilum yehova thannukeem avane vidivikkunu that's the promise that's the promise can i tell you church there is only one redeemer shepherd that you and i have and his name is jesus his name is jesus he redeems all the evil hallelujah because he became a shepherd redeemer for us god's favorite son came down into this world took upon your shame and my shame took upon your humiliation and my humiliation died on the cross of calvary and by dying on the cross of calvary being clothed with power and righteousness by god he says i am your redeemer and i will redeem all of your evil hallelujah ende belu ningada belu verna tinne undallo aa tinne ella maatuna oru sudhiram undu praise the lord hallelujah surprise for a moment church this morning church who is your god who is the god of your fathers who is the god of your parents is he the same god for you can you trust in him can you trust in him life is full of promise promises and pain that is what life is all about but in the midst of that can we trust can we trust in a faithful and an ever faithful and a shepherd redeemer god i don't know what you are carrying this morning the burden that you are carrying but i know for sure church one thing that god can turn all our evil into redemption into redemption the word used in hebrew there for redeemer is a word gal in a, in an israelite man when he loses his possession one of his kinsmen can come to redeem his property and restore him back to him 
That's exactly what Jesus did for you and for me on the cross of Calvary. He redeemed your shame. He redeemed your pain. He redeemed your sickness on the cross of Calvary. He became your shepherd. He became your redeemer. This morning, church, on this Father's Day, can we say, Lord, thank you for sending only begotten son, your favorite son, to redeem me, to become my shepherd redeemer. Shall we rise, church, as we continue to worship the Lord? Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If there is anything we can do to continue equipping you in your pursuit to be like Jesus, then please do not hesitate to reach out to us on our website at metrochurch.us. Also, if you found today's message to be inspiring and informative, then please share it with your family and friends and leave a review on this podcast platform or on our website. Again, thank you for joining us. We are so grateful for you. Have a great week and God bless you and your family.